Clovis, building a healthy life together. What's up, everybody? Justin Nault here with another episode of the Clovis Culture Podcast. My guest today is an expert in all things cannabis. His name is Matt Chandler, and Matt is the founder of The Alchemist and the creator of Keep Calm, Carry On CBD Gummies. And this episode is an absolute masterclass. I know that I learned a ton, even having known uh, just a bit about CBD prior to this episode, my understanding was vastly improved just from this one conversation. We basically cover all aspects of cannabis. We cover some of the confusing terminology that really tangles people up in the world of CBD. For instance, CBD isolate versus broad spectrum CBD versus full spectrum hemp versus THC and on and on. I know these things certainly get tricky when I'm looking into them as well. And that portion of the podcast was very helpful for me. Of course, we also cover things like proper dosages and what health benefits come from CBD. But I have to say... I love this podcast because it goes so much deeper than run-of-the-mill advice like CBD is good for inflammation. Yes, that is true. CBD is good for a number of things, but I love the direction that this conversation went in because you'll hear a bit about Matt and I's personal experiences with what happens when you're willing to just step outside of the cultural norms and do things even just a little bit differently, even just for a period of time to try it on and see how your life changes. And believe it or not, for most people, even making a decision like treating some sort of ailment with a quote-unquote alternative medicine such as CBD rather than your run-of-the-mill, over-the-counter pharmaceutical drug, can really be a big step. And for those people, it can be quite scary. We cover this and so much more in this episode. I really think you're going to love this conversation. Matt Chandler is a close personal friend. He's an amazing human being. He's an amazing dad. He's an amazing entrepreneur. Just all-around great guy, and I am so excited to introduce him to you, my Clovis tribe. Before we get started, I also want to let you know that Matt has offered an incredibly generous deal on his Keep Calm, Carry On CBD gummies. He is going to give you 40% off your first purchase. As you'll hear in the episode, this is an incredible product with 25 milligrams of CBD per serving, full spectrum. I've been using them myself, and they're amazing. They're really helping me with some nagging fitness injuries that I've been dealing with and some inflammation associated with that. So give this episode a listen, decide for yourself if you're interested, and then head over to thealkhempist.com. That is T-H-E-A-L-C-H-E-M-P-I-S-T dot com thealkhempist.com and enter promo code I am Clovis, all one word, I-A-M-C-L-O-V-I-S at checkout and you will receive 40% total off your first purchase. Matt's products just launched and they are already discounted at 20% and your I am Clovis code will save you an additional 20% at checkout. Do not sleep on this. I know he's doing small production runs and he will likely sell out. So head over to thealchemist.com and get your hands on the Keep Calm, Carry On CBD gummies. Of course, you can find all of these links, deals, and resources in the show notes at iamclovis.com slash Alkhempist. All right, on to the podcast. Enjoy this wide-ranging conversation with Matt Chandler. If you like what you hear, please leave me a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. I know that leaving reviews can be quite tricky, so I've spelled it out for you. Just visit ratethispodcast.com slash Clovis. 
Again, ratethispodcast.com slash Clovis for step-by-step instructions on how to leave a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. Five-star reviews are what keeps this podcast going. Each and every review counts. It really, really helps, and it truly means the world to me. Thank you so much for your support. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by Clovis. You can check out all of my physical products, including my Clovis Complete Daily Superfood Powder and my Essential Electrolytes Hydration Drink Mix at IamClovis.com. Use promo code PERFECTPODCAST at checkout, all one word, PERFECTPODCAST, and I will give you 20% off your first purchase. And now, on to the episode. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Clovis Culture Podcast. I'm going to kind of look at this camera over here. This is a brand new setup. So you're my guinea pig, bro. This is a great setup, man. It looks good, awesome. This is professional. Yeah. I feel like I'm on the Joe Rogan podcast right now. (laughs) You basically are. We make Rogan look like shit here. It's crazy. Um, For those of you that don't know, I'll introduce the guest here. This is my dear friend, Matt Chandler, who is the founder of the Alchemist Podcast brand and creator of his brand new CBD gummies called Keep Calm and Carry On mm-hmm. and uh, the facilitator of the Magic Mountain House, which the, <laughs> the Clovis audience will be quite familiar with. So uh, what's up, dude? Welcome to the show. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate you having me on here. Of course, man. I'm excited to dig in. So what we'll do is we'll talk about um, a lot of different things that I really want to cover, questions that I want to ask you as well. And then I took questions directly from the Clovis tribe. So right. that'll be pretty cool. You can answer some questions directly. We'll do like a Q&A at the end. And obviously through us living together in the Magic Mountain House and what we've done with the Energy Collective podcast and everything, I've heard a bit about your story. But for the Clovis audience, I just want you to dig in to how this all happened for you, this this magical plant that you're now <laughs> a fan of, but that sure. you were raised to think was quite evil. So let's just talk about the devil's how this lettuce. Started. The, the devil's, devil's lettuce. lettuce. What's the title of the story? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I grew up in uh, Oklahoma, um, born and raised there uh, in a conservative household. And growing up, marijuana, cannabis, it was all really known as weed or marijuana at that time, um, was basically what they call the devil's lettuce. There's nothing good that came from it. It was uh, only lazy people, hippies, you know, people that didn't have their life in order were the ones who were using this plant. And so with all the drug, anti-drug propaganda going on when we were growing up, it was basically like, you know, if you do this, you're ruining your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's nothing mm-hmm. good of it. And so I stayed pretty far away from the plant because that was nothing what I was trying to create inside of my life. And so I really stayed away from it all growing up um, through college. I think I've had like a couple you know, maybe drunk experiences where I I tried it or whatever, but Mm. overall, um, stayed away from the plant. And when I was 26 is when I first started using the plant. Um, at the time my ex-partner, um, was having trouble sleeping and was on Ambien. And she was like, we had a, uh, Macy, my daughter who was think three, two or three at the time. And she was like, I'm can't really get up to take care of them because the Ambien has me completely straight out. Um, and just like I'm a zombie. And so, like, I need to figure out something else that's going to help me sleep because I need to figure out something because Ambien, you know, we can't keep doing this. Mm. And she mentioned that marijuana helped her back in college a little bit for sleeping and stuff. And so I was like, okay, let's try it, you know, which is kind of risky at the time because it's completely illegal. Yeah. Um, In fact, not only was it illegal, but in Oklahoma, there was, it's probably one of the strictest states for drugs and especially marijuana. Um, It's funny, in 2016, I read that, it was like the number one most incarcerated state 
for marijuana offenses. Whoa. <laughs> it's crazy. I know. And like, it was like two years for like up to her for a first offense of, of wow. possession. So not even just selling, yeah. but like possession of marijuana, thinking of like walking down the street with a little weed on you um, or get That's caught insane. with it. And yeah. So it was, you know, pretty heavily frowned upon. But um, overall, like we wanted to try something. So we tried that and started working for it really well. And so slowly but surely, like I was, as me and Courtney would sit on the porch at night. I um, basically just decided to try it. And uh, it was a little overwhelming at first. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, have you used, have you used cannabis before? You've I a couple did. Times, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was interesting because like what you're talking about, I grew up, how old are you again? Um, 33. 33. I'm 34. So in the 90s, it was like D.A.R.E. Yeah, like there was the all dare. the dare it programs, egg, yeah. and then all the like cheesy commercials, like "This is your brain on drugs." <laughs> yeah, with they the crack, crack the egg. And <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, but what's crazy is like I think a lot of parents don't realize that that's it's like a self fulfilling prophecy because I started. I'm, my parents probably don't even know this, so this is amazing to put on the podcast. But I started smoking weed when I was 13. Oh. And 13, 14 years old, I think 14, I was a freshman in college. I think that's the age. Mm-hmm. And I was smoking weed twice a day, like before school, after school. And I just like walk home with my friends, get high and like eat Burger King. And I like le- really became like a lazy, like loser <laughs> stoner yeah. for a couple of years. I'm like, I'm sure. glad I snapped out of it. Sure. But it's almost like you just fall into that role because you're told that's what happens when you smoke it. Yeah. So you kind of start to assume that and you're under that basic programming, basically. Yeah. And, and you know, we'll get into it more, but there are definitely precautions with this plan or ways to use it and everyone's vastly different so mm-hmm. i wouldn't like suggest you know teenagers and everyone needs to jump on cannabis at all yeah, um, yeah. i think there's certain ways to approach it and look at it but uh definitely you know it could be used in an abusive way as well sure sure yeah so with you it's like that first time is it's really interesting like i i think i i think i liked being high when i was younger and now as an adult uh i really don't prefer it like if i'm mm-hmm. if i'm high on straight thc i feel quite uncomfortable yeah. Um, so you said it was overwhelming for you, but it sounds like that shifted at some point. It did shift a little bit. Um, I think from just usage, usage of the plant, you start to get a little bit more um, familiar with it and stuff like that as well. Um, right now, I, I'm just I'm along with you. As I've gotten older, I really don't like getting super high. Mm-hmm. Um, I do less THC, more mm-hmm. of like a microdose of THC mm-hmm. um, to where it's not getting me in that head state. Which I think there's like, you know, like with mushrooms or anything else, mm. you know, that those people that hear about those mega doses and they are experiences just like if you, you know, used a bunch of THC, THC you're going to take a, a journey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe see some things and stuff like yeah. that. But I, I don't, I think the therapeutic window um, is a lot more in the micro doses of those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I, I feel like is the biggest research and um, the studies that I've seen that where it helps most people is in that middle range, even though some people do really well on high THC. So it does depend on the person. Yeah. I've seen this too. I didn't even really think about it like that because obviously like I've microdosed psilocybin and LSD. And then I've also, my podcast is very familiar. <laughs> I've, I've done, you know, the Had most some hero journeys, <laughs> yeah, the most heroic doses possible. But then it's interesting. Like, cause uh, I saw that Megan had these, it's like these, um, these ones for sleep, mm-hmm. but it's this specific ratio. I didn't even know they made it. It was like these candies where it's like mostly CBD with mm-hmm. like a very small amount of THC. Yep. And I guess THC helps activate the CBD. Is that true? Um, in a way, yeah. The plant works together like synergistically. So both of those are cannabinoids, what they call them, inside of the cannabis plant. And along with those as well as there's over 100 plus cannabinoids inside the plant and hundreds more terpenes and different plant compounds. And so I think all of them working together synergistically mm-hmm. um, are what you know kind of help each other um, rise and basically be more efficate or yeah, more efficient, have a higher efficacy, mm. um, but also kind of sustain it too. So where it's not like, I don't think we talked about this a little earlier, but 
um, with most pharmaceutical doses. And I think people like are aware that, you know, they're, they're usually isolate forms of plants. And so they're, um, they work on a specific biochemical pathway. And after that kind of gets worn out, your therapeutic dose or window goes down. Um, and you're either going to be taking more, they're up, up, up dosages of different medications and, or you'll have side effects where you've taken other medications for. So I feel like using that whole plant, um, in nature, it's kind of built into where, it helps the therapeutic sustain for a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the reasons that's drawn me so much into plant medicine, I think, because it's pretty awesome. Yeah, you were ta- I didn't even realize this, but this morning you were talking about um, it's Valium, right? Valium is like a... Valerian root. Valerian root? Yeah, it's based on Valerian root, an yeah. active compound in Valerian root. And so if you use that extract over and over and over, mm-hmm. you then just require more and more and more? Um, to a point. I mean, I think most people like that have, and I'm, I'm not, I haven't taken volume myself to know, but, um, I think I maybe once, but I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, I don't know. I just know with most drugs that it's at least, you know, sometimes the dosage has to increase for you to be able to find or feel the same effect. Mm, and sure. one thing with full plant medicine, I feel like it helps along with that journey. It kind of resensitizes the cell receptors inside your body so that the medicine keeps working at regular doses without having to go crazy high. Yeah, I've heard this too. Um, and this is in the real plant medicine realm, but I've heard this with like mushrooms, ayahuasca, ayahuasca in general. Um, the most experienced ayahuasca users that I know, mm-hmm. as time goes on, they require less of the medicine mm. to have the same like massive experience. Wow. Which is super interesting. That's interesting. I didn't know that about ayahuasca. Yeah, um, yeah, it's crazy. So there's something about like the whole a holistic approach of like the entire root of the entire plant or whatever. So actually that brings me to, um, just the, the terminology around these things, mm-hmm. right? I still get confused. I've, I've talked to people about CBD in the past, but I still get confused. It's like there's CBD, there's hemp, which is like full spectrum hemp. And then there's CBD isolate and then there's THC and then there's cannabis itself, which is like the whole plant. So like <laughs> yeah. what, what are all these terms? All the terms. That's a good question. Um, so all of it derives from the plant species cannabis. Mm-hmm. So there's marijuana, um, there's industrial hemp, um, which industrial hemp is, uh, cannabis, can- cannabis sativa L is the full name for it. Um, but basically they're all forms of the cannabis plant. So what the government has done, and I mean, think about it, like depending on where it's grown at, depending on the genetics of the plant, every plant that's grown is different. <laughs> they have a different set of terpenes. They have a different set of cannabinoid profiles. They have a different genetic makeup, like in the plant. Of course. Yeah. Um, and that's probably why, you know, hear people like, you know, you heard the term sativa, mm-hmm. indica, hybrid. Um, and those are basically all different forms of like um, the terpenes specifically, but of, you know, they kind of give all specific kinds of um, uh, experiences that are unique. Mm. So the actual, um, we'll go back to the cannabis. So the, the government has basically uh, came in and said that anything that's grown in the cannabis plant that has under 0.3% by dry weight. So dry weight's meaning that it's flour. Mm-hmm. So think of the flour, if you've seen a canvas flour before, um, then it's considered industrial hemp. Um, anything above that, it's considered marijuana, and that's where it goes state by state for legalities. Mm. But under the new farm bill um, from 2018, um, that's where they kind of officially classified it as you know, under 0.3% THC by dry weight is hemp. Anything above, above that is marijuana, which needs to go state by state of how the state's going to handle it. Okay. Okay. So then, so CBD itself, mm-hmm. what is this? So when they're grown under 0.3% THC, mm-hmm. um, what people have done um, and 
plant genetics and cannabis genetics, which has gone crazy of what they can do yeah. now. Um, different strands of different cannabinoids and all that kind of stuff. It's really starting to progress. But they made strands that are higher in CBD mm-hmm. that will yield, like when you plant them, higher in CBD than they are in THC. And so your typical CBD ranges in like a flower plant is going to be like 10 to 15% is okay. what I see most. You know, some go a little higher, some go a little lower. Um, and this THC, again, is 0.3%. Mm-hmm. And to put that in comparison, um, when you go to like a dispensary, you're looking probably at most strands that are THC are going to be, you know, anywhere from 20% to 30%. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're quite a bit stronger from 20, 30% found in the flower to 0.3% or under. Yeah, that's crazy. So yeah, it's like a microdose, yeah. I would say. And that's one thing about hemp is it's pretty much your, when you grow the plant as well as when you extract it and make products from it, as long as you're not removing the THC, which we can get into a little bit later, mm-hmm. um, you're basically microdosing THC. Okay. Which is funny because we went back to my story. Um, when I first started our company and moved up to Colorado, um, I was selling a lot. You know, it hadn't been really heard of in Oklahoma. Okay. Um, there was yeah, a, yeah. there was a little bit of people doing it, but not very much. And so it was just very brand new. Um, and so I, like I said, I grew up in the church and was conservative, uh, household and my mom played piano in the church. My dad was a deacon. Um, and so it was funny cause when we moved up here, a lot of our first customers were people in the church. So my mom would bring like Whoa. 20, 30 bottles of CBD that she has <laughs> inside of her bag and go to the church because they didn't, no one wanted to buy it online. They didn't trust it. They didn't know like more so they were just didn't want anybody to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. So she would bring like 30 bottles of CBD into the church and, and sell them like by the bottle. The people would like gobble them up because it really wow. is an amazing plant. It helps a lot. And what's funny about that is like, you know, growing up as a devil's lettuce and nothing comes from marijuana. Sure. A lot of those same people were microdosing THC. And yeah. At the time, probably didn't even understand that, you know, in the hemp plant in full spectrum, it has THC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know, the thing they demonized their whole life was something that was really, um, seeing huge benefits off of. Yeah. And so I'm a big believer in the full spectrum plant. I feel like THC, even in the small amounts, makes a huge difference. Um, so CBD and THC um, play on different cannabinoid receptors inside the body. Mm-hmm. Um, THC plays on the CB1 receptor, where uh, CBD plays on the CB2 receptor. And what that means, and they antagonize each other. So quick tip too, if you ever find yourself maybe trying going to dispensary and trying an edible or you get too high, actually taking CBD is going to help you calm down and kind of give you a level head. So it, they antagonize each other on the receptors. Yeah. So <laughs> quick note, okay. Yeah. I had to himself too high. <laughs> yeah. Take some CBD. I could have used that information. <laughs> Instead, yeah. I just sat there and pondered the universe <laughs> for, for four while. hours. <laughs> on the couch without moving. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, but they actually antagonize each other or yeah. different receptors. And so they're definitely um, play different roles within the body. So those are the two receptors that we, in our endocannabinoid system, um, that CBD and THC interact with. And then there are all the other cannabinoids basically play on one or two of those receptors. Mm. Um, CB1 is linked to a lot of things with uh, nervous system. Mm-hmm. So um, anxiety, depression, which not saying by any means that these are cures for that stuff right, right. Um, at all. I just want to put that out there. But um, overall, the endocannabinoid, sestra, the endocannabinoid system <clears throat> and the CBD, CB1 receptors specifically help play on the nervous system and basically um, can you kind of bring down the nerves a little bit, put your body at a homeostasis. Mm. Um, And what's funny about that and what's weird about that is THC plays on that. Where when you talk to some people that have tried THC or tried too much, they're like, I got the opposite effect of 
calming down. Yeah. Like I was yeah. anxious. <laughs> I was like paranoid, all yeah. these different things. And so that's where everybody's body is so unique. And mm. little bits, what I found, like the microdoses that are usually found in full spectrum hemp products are usually the perfect range to where it's not going to like push someone over that edge. Cause you know, everyone's edge is different. Cause there's some people out there that can take large amounts of THC and it's not affecting them. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's definitely that out there, but I think for the most people, what I've seen, um, especially people that aren't experienced with the plant, hasn't used it as much. The low doses of THC is probably like, is the best. It helps you more with sleeping. It helps more with overall the plant making or working better and kind of helps calm down, you know, nerves and things like that. Yeah. Um, the CBD it plays more on the CB2 receptors, which is more con- uh, connected to your immune system. Okay. So that's why CBD and a lot of the cannabinoids that affect those CB2 receptors have a large role in like maintaining a healthy functioning immune system. Mm. Um, so when that's in order and in balance, um, then so is your immune system and it tends to take care of things. Um, that's why when you hear is CBD good for everything, I hear all these stories mm-hmm. <laughs> and why mm-hmm. it's so popular and I think that's the reason because it's playing at your, you know, your body's one system um, and it's playing to kind of coordinate and help the entire system mm. basically. And the, we, on, in our, in, in our endocannabinoid system, um, we have receptor sites found all over our body. So in almost every single cell we have um, endocannabinoid receptor sites. Um, and so they largely sometimes play a role in the cell homeostasis, mm. which is basically, um, a balanced state is what I would say. So that's one of the reasons like when they're at balanced states, your body can do its own thing and recover faster. Your immune system's working, your nervous system's working in order. And so it puts people, I feel like more at a calm ease, but also kind of helps their body, you know, do its own healing from a lot of these different things. So it's not like that CBD is the cure or anything is really the cure right. for anything. And I think we know that. Um, but in any ways, it just kind of helps put your body into a relaxed parasympathetic state, mm. um, which you probably know that term. Sure. But yeah. So where it can do its own healing on its own. That's crazy to think about. That's like, I really, I've been meaning to dig into the endocannabinoid system for that reason. Cause I'd been told that, that basically every cell in the body has these endocannabinoid receptors, mm-hmm. which is nuts. I mean, and then when you really start to think about it, it's like, okay, we have all these receptors for this plant that mm-hmm. freely grows in the ground. Yep. And like, for some reason we think about it different as like, everyone thinks broccoli is good for you. Yeah. But then this thing is like, everyone's afraid of it, but well, it's it like you said. receptor sites all over your body. Yeah, yeah. It's basically built for us. <laughs> exactly. And then you look at the situation like, um, you know, your ex-partner being on Ambien, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, we hear these people, like they'll go into a doctor's office and a doctor will say, you have trouble sleeping. Here's this Ambien. Yeah. There are people that are not afraid of prescription pharmaceutical drugs that are terrified of like CBD. Mm-hmm. But man, I've heard horror stories. I knew this girl in my twenties that would take Ambien. And like one night she literally just opened her eyes and was standing in the middle of a street in the middle of the night with <laughs> her bathrobe like on. She just yeah. like wandered out of her house. There was another one I heard. Um, there was a couple, I, I think you can Google this, but there was a couple that woke up in the morning and there was like white castle wrappers all over their living room. And they went to the local white castle and pulled the security footage. Mm-hmm. They'd gotten in the car together, drove to white castle, got a bunch of food, came home and ate it. And neither of them remembered it. Wow. And these are things that happen on Ambien, and then people are like, oh, my CBD is dangerous. This yeah. is a, But it's all just programming and brainwashing from the last 50 years. It really is. It really is. I mean, a lot of plants have had a bad rap of, like, the same way with mushrooms and so many yeah. different things. Um, and we so easily accept what the doctors tell us and what pharmaceutical companies create and all these things and that are, like, 
crazy stuff, like pretty yeah. hardcore things that are, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say are good for use long-term at all. <laughs> they're not coming from natural sources. And, yeah. you know, I think that they're able to be patented mm-hmm. and they're able to be, um, you know, it's a, it's a money thing. It's a power thing, to be honest. So that's, that's an interesting rabbit hole to go down because I know this with psychedelics, the same thing that like these pharmaceutical companies are trying to change the molecular structure of things like, um, ketamine, psilocybin, like they're trying to make these synthetic versions because they really want to patent them. Mm-hmm. But I guess you can't, so you can't patent cannabis or CBD or hemp or something like that? Well, there actually are some patents around CBD okay. um, and THC. They're, uh, Epidiolex, I believe is the name of the drug. Huh. Um, GW Pharmaceuticals uh, patented it. Um, it was done in Europe first, I think in the UK, and then has now been done in the United States too. It received huge uproar because in a way... That's like saying that I've patented vitamin C. It yeah. comes from an orange, just like CBD comes from a plant, but I'm going to put the patent on vitamin C. Mm-hmm. So it received a lot of feedback um, and a lot of pushback, basically. But I think th- one of the reasons it got through, too, is because hemp and cannabis is such a powerful plant that works really, really well. Um, they had enough money and enough um, push behind it to be able to, like, well, if we've told all these people that <laughs> I feel like this is part of it, too, there's like all you know the whole dare program and the anti-drug campaigns and all these things people are in prison for this drug yeah. and then now we're going to you know legalize it medically i feel like they they had a they felt like they had to do something like that to control it more mm. because i don't you know i think the difference between that and like say orange or vitamin c and why that hasn't been able to be patented or different vitamins found in a wide range of plants haven't been patented but yeah it was the money behind them basically yeah. i really think that's a big thing of it and um yeah, the cannabis has such a powerful effect and mm. there's people put in prison over this and different things. So they had to feel like controlled a different way. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of what I, that's the route they went. Yeah, it's really hard. It's like anything else, right? Like we know, everybody knows, they keep trying to update it and like my plate comes out and it's still 40% grains, like teaching kids to eat this way. And like the food pyramid, we know that this these were catastrophic failures, just catastrophic, like literally genocide. Mm-hmm. And they can't backpedal because there's so much money built into it with big yeah. food, big pharma. And the same thing, I, I think people forget that we have a privatized prison system yep. in America. Like these are for-profit institutions. Mm-hmm. So what happens if all of a sudden you say this is now federally legal, then you can't keep people who are in prison for 10 years for drug charges. You can't keep them there. There's yep. going to be a bunch of lawyers coming in and they're going to be filing these, all these different complaints and things yep. and trying to get these people out on, get them earlier than their sentences are going to be. Mm-hmm. So what happens there is you have this privatized prison system that would lose billions of dollars. dollars for, yeah. So now you have lobbyists that yep. are coming in and talking to the politicians being like, hey man, I'm going to slip this money in your pocket and I don't want you to legalize yep. marijuana or, or CBD. It's a huge, it's a systemic problem. It is. It is. Um, and yeah, like the prison systems, like you said, I mean, it's not even just the, the, the them, it's the food companies that mm-hmm. <laughs> are, are servicing to them. There's so much money and power tied up into that kind of stuff. It, yeah. It's unbelievable. And I feel like that really came out through cannabis um, as, you know, this plant kind of went on its journey to become legal in certain ways and is still on its way in a lot of places. Um, you still find like pharmaceutical companies patenting different things that Mm -hmm. normally wouldn't be able to patent a molecule inside of a plant, but have done this with CBD and hemp. And so, um, yeah, I definitely think it's a, it's all tied to money and power. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I get concerned about these things too. I I think I've chatted about this in the podcast before, but ketamine is really popular now Mm -hmm. with psychiatrists. So they're doing like assisted psychotherapy using ketamine Mm -hmm. and I think 
maybe like four or five years ago, there were these therapists using ketamine and it was like 80 bucks a session. Yeah. And now you see ketamine and it's like for six sessions, like $6,000. Yeah. And they're charging thousands. So that's the tricky thing is once these pharmaceutical companies and the government and everything gets in, it's just money, 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 money. Oh, yeah. You know? So I guess I'm a little concerned about that on a federal level. But it seems like, I mean, you'd know because you live here in Colorado. I'm Mm -hmm. brand new to Colorado. But the dispensaries and stuff, I've only been in one since I've been here. And, I mean, it seems pretty affordable. Yeah, I think it's overall affordable. But that is one good point about pharmaceuticals because taking the same plant, just the cost it takes to grow it and extract it and make a product with it, um, an average you know, CBD user or cannabis users probably could use it's like $1,200, $1,500 cost per year Mm -hmm. where I think it was, and I don't want to quote me exactly on the number, but basically anywhere from like 25 to $30,000 for a a patient for one year of CBD product. So if you're going through pharmaceuticals, it jacked it up almost 25 to 30 times more. Wow. Um, And it was just absolutely ridiculous, you know, and that's what happens with, like you said, ketamine and so many other drugs is they're able to kind of come in and do that. And the, the sad part is that people I don't may, may not realize, but we end up paying that as taxpayers. Of course. You of know, course. it gets subsidized by insurance, yeah. um, you know, and that whole thing, it ends up coming out of taxpayers money and we're taking plants um, out in nature that relatively aren't costing us a lot of money after you pay everybody a fair wage and it's in the process of making the, thing but to go to pharmaceuticals because they're billion dollar companies they have to go through seven years of trials and spend all this money it ups the dose or it ups the cost to like you know 30 40 times which is just ridiculous which they do really well on it keeps a lot of smaller people out Mm. um, to be able to do that because once they've gone through those trials and stuff and spent all that money they can then go through the medical system they can then go through doctors they can then make advertisements on TV that say it helps with certain things mm-hmm. where if it's not gone through FDA trials which is most all the different like regular companies that are selling basically natural products they're not allowed to say anything yeah not anything at all yeah and so that's why as a founder of one it's i've had to be very careful in what i've said oh um, it's so crazy yeah you were telling me about the just the verbiage you use on websites and all the stuff i mean you can get sued shut down it's it's really i don't know it's freaky and it's the the tax subsidy thing is a big deal too because i run into this a lot when Mm -hmm. people find out that i don't have health insurance and they think i'm just crazy yeah so i have like a catastrophic plan like if i get hit by a bus i'm good yeah that's what i got but i pay all my medical expenses out of pocket i use the functional medicine doctors that i want to use and i had this conversation with someone on a private coaching call and she was just so mad at me for suggesting this and i was like listen like all that they see is their co-pays Mm -hmm. So they think it's not costing them a lot of money or they get a prescription and it'll say like CBD is, this is a $700 prescription and Mm -hmm. you only pay $40 for it, you know? But I was like, listen, I I made this woman like go into her bedroom and like get her paycheck. (laughs) And I was like, look at what's coming out of your paycheck every two weeks. And she was like, oh my God, you know? And I'm like, it's this wake up call. They really don't understand how much of their paycheck is vanishing into this thing, this big bloated system that all works cohesively. It's the same thing with big food. It's like big food and big pharma love each other because yeah. big pharma comes in to fix the problems caused by eating the big food food. Yep. <laughs> the big food's cheap. That's why yeah. like they, yeah, exactly. they make genetically modified to make it super cheap. hundred percent. And causes all these problems, which in the pharmaceuticals can fix. And yeah, it, it all ends up, we pay for it yeah. as the public. Um, Absolutely. Not only with our health, but also our money. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, I think we subsidize corn at like twenty billion dollars a year in taxpayer yeah. money just for growing corn. It's ridiculous. Which is like, why why can't we put some of that towards the rest of the vegetables? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, That's right. like that are way better for people yeah. that we know about it. But it's for GMO corn. Yeah, because it doesn't even make sense. I feel like no. I, from what I've heard to grow corn most places, and it's subsidized so heavily now that it's why it makes sense. That's an interesting thing I want to ask you about too, because you have um I didn't realize this when when I moved to Colorado, but you have um pretty extensive knowledge on things like regenerative agriculture. And that's like one, the different uses for the hemp plant, which mm-hmm. is like some of the stuff you told me today was like staggering. Like we'll get into like nuclear waste cleanup and stuff. Yeah. Um, but two, like the different ways to grow the plant. And then, you know, all of my listeners will be familiar with sacred cow, the regenerative agriculture documentary that I'm involved mm-hmm. in with Rob Wolf, Diana Rogers, the film's been premiered this, this month and people are loving it. Um, so I've been a huge, it. yeah, I've been like a huge activist basically for regenerative agriculture. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us a bit about like that, like how hemp has grown and, and the soil health and all these different things. Sure. I, um, I've learned a lot about farming from hemp because okay. <laughs> I feel like it all starts with the farming, mm-hmm. right? Um, how you grow the plant and how full and rich you can grow the plant is how well that it will work. I feel like therapeutically and for people in their systems. Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> One thing uh, I've noticed is, you know, most of the stuff that's on the supermarkets right now, Walmart, Target, Safeway, um, if it's not organic, is genetically modified. Sure. Um, they're using uh, sprays. They're using pesticides. It's pro- it's usually mass fields of farm, which from getting in this industry and meeting farmers, I've learned how much farmers got screwed. Mm. <laughs> um, basically, they were, you know, big food companies came to them um, wanted them to like introduce this genetically modified, you know, different options that they could put in. Um, and then if they don't do it, if someone in their neighbors does it and they're growing genetically modified and a wind comes in, it can bring that over to their crops and field Yeah, and they can actually scan it through, I think it was, uh, drones and different things and basically find out if a farmer that didn't have buy like Monsanto's products has them still in their crops, then they can sue them and they could, end up taking the farmers and they set this precedence. And so I met a lot of farmers that were caught up into that. They didn't necessarily want to go um, this way and genetically modified way, but was basically like after seeing a few people get their farms taken away, mm. we didn't feel like we had a choice. Um, and then also they helped them expand their farms and would do like, I've, I've heard a lot of people that got loans and things that these companies made it easy for them to do that. But then whenever they like got tied or if they didn't want to, put some kind of spray that they thought was bad or roundup or whatever, all these different things they are putting on farms, then they were going to, they'll take back the farm. Wow. Um, and so they like, if they pull back their business and you, they loaned you this money to do this farm, then you're going to lose your farm. Yeah. So they put people in these crazy predicaments and farmers get that. It's really sad. Um, but basically I would say to start organic, uh, USD organic is obviously a lot better than the conventional way of growing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just basically a standard where you're not using any chemicals, any sprays, any, um, all organic materials basically. Right. Mm-hmm. But the one thing even about organic, um, that it's short on is that it typically pulls the same nutrients in the soil over and over again. So every plant, um, from what I've learned is they're usually pulling nutrients out and they're usually giving some back. Sure. And so what regenerative agriculture is from my understanding and my experience with it is that, you're kind of looking at different ways to regeneratively sustain these without having to use, you know, any even organic fertilizers and things, how to use the natural earth, how to plan like crop rotations, which means like if you know a certain plant is going to take certain things from the ground and then give certain things back, well then the next plant that you're planting on it, 
you would want it to take the things that were back in the ground mm-hmm. and replace what's next and then circle it around. Yeah. Um, those along with like cover crops, um, mm-hmm. which is basically what people use that kind of help with um, the insects and things like that, eating the crops, is, which is why a lot of these pesticides and stuff come around. Um, it's a natural form of like growing agriculture. Um, some people I've heard do lavender, all these different kinds um, that kind of feed back the soil and then it's a natural insect repellent. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, agri- regenerative agriculture basically is using the natural systems yeah. that we already have and planting it smartly um, to where, you know, you grow the richest, fullest plant because it all starts in the soil. And if the soil has the proper nutrients to grow the plant, mm-hmm. then it's going to grow the best plant possible. Um, and so that's why I think those are the differences or whatever in between conventional farming, <clears throat> organic farming, and then regenerative, like, uh, is it purple cow? Uh, sacred cow. Sacred cow yep. is kind of promoting, which is I think is the ultimate one because it's really looking at an holistic approach. Um, and I think one of the things I've heard before, too, was like 1950s that was uh, they measured an orange versus what it, orange orange measures mm-hmm. now, and it's like eight times yeah, it's Less 21. 21 now. Yeah, yeah. for so the same amount of vitamin C. Same vitamin C. Yeah, yeah. and that's all Crazy. about soil. All about like, soil. Yeah, we've de- we've depleted our soil. We've trashed it. And mm-hmm. overall, it is, like I say, it's growing less nutrient-dense plants. Yeah. Um, so that, that's one thing that we're really cautious of and look for. I look for, in our sourcing our hemp, I'm looking for farmers, organics, 100% necessary. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also looking at the regenerative uh, agriculture standards. Yeah, um, that's super important, man. And I want to touch on this because I, that's what I was blown away by when we first started. Uh, we went and toured a manufacturing facility out here talking about supplements for um, Clovis for different things that I've been looking to do. And your knowledge of like supply chain is really next level and knowing that you've like met different farmers and all these kinds of things. So I do want to start to talk about because you have the Alchemist out mm-hmm. and you have these keep calm carry on gummies that you're doing and some Clovis people have already bought these gummies. Oh, and yeah, and I just want to dig into like Let's talk like, well, one, I know you're meticulous about sourcing, mm-hmm. so we can get into that if you yeah. want to, like the, the way that you choose where your CBD comes from and all this. And then I'd also like to dig into how you choose when you're making a product, like what makes you choose this product going to have 25 milligrams of CBD? Mm-hmm. Is it for this specific thing? So that's a lot of the questions we got. And we'll dig into Q&A here too, but it's just kind of like, what are the use the uses for these things and how do you choose dosages and all that? It's just... I, and I, again, I think it's people are so used to walking into the doctor and the mm-hmm. doctor hands them a pill and they don't have to think like, they don't know this is 500 milligrams or yeah. five milligrams or whatever. So now they're in the e-commerce space going out, trying to choose a CBD product. And they're like, wait, this has 25 milligrams. This has a hundred. Well, what do we do? You yeah. Know what I mean, better. Absolutely. That's a good question. Um, first off, I'd say that, you know, pharmaceutical doses of CBD and the approved drugs are, you know, usually 500 to a thousand milligrams a day or wow. so much more. And CBD and hemp is a non-toxic plant. So you can't take too much of it and then have like a toxicity buildup in your body. Mm-hmm. So if you took 10,000 milligrams of CBD, it's, there's like a point of vanishing returns to where you're not going to see much more benefit of like maybe what it's doing health-wise in your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might make you a little bit more drowsy or tired, but overall it's non-toxic to the body. So I think it's important to remember is that, you know, don't worry about if you took too much. Um, you know, and I, I, I encourage people usually to take a little bit more because most of the therapeutic, like I said, a doses are, you know, 500 to a thousand. And I'd say a standard product, including mine on the market are 25 milligrams a dose, mm-hmm. um, just because of the cost effectiveness and different things as well. Yeah. Um, so you can't take too much. Yeah. Uh, and that's the first important point. Now, as far as how I arrived at my dosage, 
Um, a lot of people that I see are usually 10 to 15 milligrams a dose. Mm -hmm. Um, I typically shoot for 20 to 30 milligrams, um, sometimes more, um, and the products, cause I've, I've actually helped design the, and formulate some of their products from other companies. And that's the range that I shoot in because, you know, because the public's not as educated on it, um, then if you go at a hundred milligrams per dose, your product's a lot higher cost yeah, <laughs> than everybody. Yeah. And then people are like, Oh, that's too much. And I can't afford it. Yeah. Um, so I always tell people if you can get away with the, the smaller dose, um, and I, I find that 20 to 30 milligrams is the magical dose to kind of start with, um, then great. You know, you don't have to take any more, but yeah. a lot of people I see are usually in that 50 to a hundred milligrams range per day, um, per day. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think, you know, like Ben Greenfield, I heard his podcast once and I think he's like around 75 to hundred milligrams mm-hmm. is what I heard him say a day. Yeah. Um, and that's typically where I'm at too. I'm usually around, you know, 75 to hundred. If I'm hitting the gym hard or doing something like that, I might usually go up to 150, 200. Okay. Um, and it seems to work really, really good at those doses for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. I think that there's a lot of the confusion there too, is like, there's, there's so many different ways to get CBD. So that's another thing I want to talk about with mm-hmm. these gummies. Yeah. Um, cause a lot of the people in Clovis are familiar with like, Oh, hi, who's doing like the, those are called tinctures, yep. right? Yep. Like tincture style tincture style. And mm-hmm. it's like a liquid or like, it's kind of treated like a sublingual under the mouth. And then you have these gummies and then yep. now there's people just putting CBD into other things. Like there's like CBD dog treats yeah. and stuff. You know what I mean? So I guess what's the, is there a preferred mechanism of absorption? Like are the tinctures, is it more bioavailable or like what's the difference there? Sure. Good question. Um, CBD in general is fat soluble, okay, um, which means it doesn't mix with water. Um, and so typically fat soluble has a little bit less absorption rate than water soluble. People out there that are selling water soluble and I used to do a lot with water soluble products, um, want to say it's a lot more strong. I feel like it's more like a couple times, two or three times, maybe as strong, but not much more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing with like, I would say water soluble products, um, is that you typically to get those done because it's not a natural form. You most of the time, most companies have to use preservatives or things like that to, mm. um, stabilize it. Right. And or that it you're putting it in like faster. a carrier. Is that the, the deal carrier? Yeah. It's usually water. Um, there's a surfactant which people, there's natural ones, um, hmm. sunflower lectin, and actually Ojai is one of the companies that does do all organic and natural ones. So okay. it is a better one um, than I would say most of the companies out there, for no doubt. Sure. Um, but I feel like for the price point, mm-hmm. um, as well as like what is easy and user-friendly for people, mm. um, that's kind of why I started with the gummies is because People love gummies. I think we were just talking about the other day, like a lot of new vitamins and stuff are coming out inside of these gummies. Yeah. And I do believe that that the sugar, which there's less than one gram per gummy, so it's not much, but that little bit does help um, with the absorption of CBD and hemp inside the body. Mm -hmm. Um, I tend to notice it more too, just when taking it that way versus the tincture. It seems like it hits a little bit faster. Yeah. um, And a little bit more efficate than using like an MCT oil base or an oil base with it. Um, but overall, like I, I think, you know, like I said, we were talking about, oh, hi, um, they make good products. Uh, I think one thing that I would say is like, I want to make mine more user friendly. Sure. Um, sure. and also more cost effective. Yeah. It's a little bit more expensive because there's more processing involved in that as well. Absolutely. Um, and I tend to keep my hemp extract a little bit more raw, which I'm not quite sure what oil does, um, at Ohio, but I do feel like keeping it more raw and less processed, um, the actual hemp extract, um, contains more of the terpenes and some of the other cannabinoids and things where most of the water solubles I see because they're mixing with water, 
um, usually do a little bit more refining and processing before they go through the water soluble process. Mm. And that's because I don't know if you've seen CBD oil before, like a, a right when it's extracted, it's a no. thick black oil. Wow. And so it's really, 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 really sticky. Um, oh. And what they do is they distill it um, typically to kind of make it more of a golden and remove some of the other plant material. And then they take that distillate and that's what some people make water soluble out of. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, is a lot of that tar and black is like really important, beneficial plant material, I feel like. And so wow. um, it's something I try to keep and preserve as much of the plant as possible. Cause I mean, growing it regenerative agriculture and organic and things like that, it's rich and full. And I, I want to take as least amount away from the plant as possible. Okay. And how I tell people to look at it too, is like when you're growing hemp or cannabis and you have the flower, right? It has everything in the genetic makeup, the, the terpenes, the cannabinoids, it has the, everything that that plant was supposed to grow. And as things are being made in products and are extracted and things, it slowly takes away from that full plant. Mm. Um, it makes them more concentrated. Um, and extraction does amazing things like activates molecules and things like that. Um, just like you extract, you extract tea or herbs with tea, mm-hmm. um, with hot water. It's a similar thing. Um, but overall, like, I feel like you're taking away from the plant. And so one of my main things is like, how can I keep this or plant as original as possible? Like with all the goodness in there, but still concentrate it, which is one of the benefits of being an extract. Yeah. Um, yeah. And using extracts. That's a great example too. Cause I talk about this a lot with, uh, I have these t-shirts that say eat whole foods, change the world. Mm-hmm. Because people get so caught up in like, you know, my um, daily superfood powder is collagen protein. Mm-hmm. I'm like, listen, like if you if you need to get 150 grams of protein a day, don't get 150 grams of collagen. Like you're gonna be in big trouble. You're gonna miss a ton of essential amino acids that <laughs> yeah. you need. Or it's like if you're gonna get all your protein from like pea protein, like you're yeah. in real big trouble. Yeah. Or the same way if people are like, well, I don't really like vegetables. So I just like go to Jamba Juice and I get a bunch of juice yeah. and I'm like, well, no, they're like, you're stripping the fiber, you're stripping sure. micronutrients yep. and you're now drinking pure sugar. Yep. You know, so it's kind of the same thing. It sounds like keeping that whole food form as much of, as possible. Yeah. Yeah. That's really I'm a big believer in it. Yeah. The other thing too is like people get so caught up, man. It was like one of the first things that happened when I mentioned Alchemist is people were just like Alchemist versus Oh, hi. Right. Cause it's <laughs> like, cause Will came on the podcast and everything. Yeah. I love Will. He's amazing. Will's awesome. You're friends with Will. Yeah. Like you've talked to him yeah. about this stuff extensively. You're both like super CBD nerds. It's amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, it's not really either or it's like, what do you, do you want to take a gummy? Do you yeah. want to take a tincture? Like, mm-hmm. what do you want to do? I took uh, Ojai for quite a while and I explained this in the podcast. I don't take anything always mm-hmm. i just don't operate that way sure. i cycle on yeah. and off everything i'm the same way even on cbd yeah yeah i think it's important and it's, it's just a matter of personal preference so for instance i still up until covid hit was doing a lot of travel gigs and then i was doing a lot of traveling like 2019 when we met i went mm-hmm. to eight countries that year yeah and what i found that was a bummer and this is not shitting on the product at all is like i lost a lot of ohi because mm-hmm. i would travel with it and the tincture just wouldn't hold. And I'd like open my bathroom bag and there was just CBD oil all over my back. I'm like, oh, really? like I would just like tighten it. I was like putting it in Ziploc bags. I'm like, please don't leak. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was just from flying on planes and air pressure changes and all these things. So it's not really like one or the other. It's, it's what do you prefer? Which it's one do preference. you want? It really is. Yeah. I completely agree with that. And that's a good way to say it because I don't think, I think Will has amazing products. Um, he, from knowing him and talking to him, he deeply cares about how the plant's grown just like I do. We're looking at sourcing it the best way, but um, I think we just tend to find different ways that people can use these products. Yeah. Um, and whatever feels comfortable and user-friendly for them. Yeah, and it's, it's like you said, price point too, because I think it's, <laughs> we have this Magic Mountain House now with like a bunch of physical products brands in there. And I did multiple product launches as soon as I got here. You launched the gummies. Steven's always doing interesting stuff. And like for anybody listening, it's like, 
it's not cheap to do this stuff, man. And like people just think like, oh, we're getting ripped off. These products are so expensive. And you're like, okay, when you're only sourcing USDA organic, Mm -hmm. when you're only getting from regenerative farms, when you're trying to keep like the least minimum amount of processing and making it in a very certain way, selling it at a certain price point. And then you have guys like us that we have to compete with Amazon free two day shipping. Yeah. And all of a sudden we have three PL charges and the warehouse is charging us money. So just anybody listening to this, it's like, I promise you guys like Matt and I and Will and Steven and all these guys that are doing physical products right, we really do care that this is affordable for you. Yeah. And we're really trying our very best. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, That's the biggest thing is getting, it's hard to make, like you said, a really good product that's done well um, with the best ingredients, trying not to use preservatives, dyes or anything that's cheap or genetically modified. It's difficult um, to make it at a good price point. Um, And so, yeah, I've spent a lot of time figuring out ways to do that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, better and better. And it is getting better. I feel like the organic market's getting bigger. People are more aware of this. They're able to pay a little bit more um, and they see the value in it. Um, and as they're doing that, I feel like it's, it, it decreases the cost by, um, I guess what I'm saying, the, uh, uh, like the economics. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. starts to really like pay off. Like once you start getting more in, you can start buying more and buying power increases. Yeah. And we can get these products down more and more as people support us. Yeah. We talked about this too. And I was, I was um, doing the first run of the superfood and the electrolytes where you had these big manufacturing companies that they're like dude i can't shut down my machines to yeah. do like a run of a thousand units yeah. for you like uh, this this other company just ordered two hundred and fifty thousand units and i'm gonna <laughs> run my machine with their stuff all day yeah you know so it's it's really really interesting and i just don't think that people fully understand what all goes into it yeah what's it's going into lot. it yeah and i remember i manufactured perfect paleo powder so my first run at manufacturing was in 2015 mm-hmm. and at the time like one people told me not to put the words beef collagen on the label because they were like that's gross no one's gonna eat that and now it's like the biggest now thing it's ever. Big, yeah. Yeah. so we put like beef protein isolate was like the name for it but all these manufacturing companies you probably experienced this now we know guys like uh chaz and matt smith and autumn at paleo valley that are like doing amazing products and really good manufacturers mm-hmm. So we're able to talk to each other's manufacturing companies because in 2015, I don't, I don't think this is, people are not going to be aware of this if they've never been in the manufacturing game. In 2015, I literally had every single person I hit up for a quote. They were like, why are you doing this? And I was like, what do you mean? And they were like, we, I'll make you a stock protein powder and it'll be $3 a bottle and you can sell it for $50. And like, you're asking me to make this perfect paleo powder for $40 a jar. Like, why are you doing this? And I was like, because I'm trying to make a good a product. A good product. I'm the one that but, works. Yeah, they just didn't understand it at the yeah. time because the supplement company was just all dog shit then. And I don't know about you growing up, but I, I was an athlete, and so I was always mm. eating those proteins and doing all the stuff that they thought was it, which was just loaded with crap. Basically. Garbage. Garbage. Garbage, dude. Chemicals, cheap protein, not processed the white or over processed, just crazy stuff. And yeah. it made my stomach always hurt. And I was like, oh, I'm getting bigger. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> like, right, I'm going right. to keep doing it. Dude, that um, was such a teenage thing. Like all my, all my advice came from muscle and fitness magazine. Yep. And it was like whey protein during the day. And then like slow release casein protein at night and hydroxy cut and like green tea, fat burning pills. And like, <laughs> Oh yeah. Stuff. Horrible. Oh yeah. I had a bunch of that crap too. Um, what was the other one too? Uh, oh man, I forgot the name of it, but, it was not Adderall, but it was like... Oh, uh, ephedrine? ephedrine? Yeah, ephedrine. yeah, yeah, when like, it wasn't illegal. dangerous, man. Yeah, yeah like, dude. I used to take caffeine and ephedrine and... I took caffeine yeah, pills, ephedrine pills. do it all, yeah. Ephedrine, like, it was weird because it would it definitely made you feel good. It was like, gave you energy and made you feel good. But then yeah. after like a week of it, you're like, oh, man, I'm starting to get kind of strung out, a little bit, a little anxious more. <laughs> 
And then like my heart's beating fast even when I'm sitting here. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's like, uh, and yeah. you get like sweats and protein farts. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. The worst thing ever. Just like a bunch of like acne-filled teenage boys just like farting whey protein all day. <laughs> the yeah, worst exactly. thing ever. It is pretty but, disgusting for sure. Yeah, man. But I wanted to check on like, so again, back to this manufacturing mm-hmm. thing. So one, I want to get into some Q&A. Let's see what time we're dealing with here too. Yeah, yeah so we got some time. Okay. But um, one of the thing I wanted to check with you on is I believe I talked to Will about this as well. Um, but this idea of like a CBD isolate. So one of the questions we have that I'll, that I want to touch on was actually from, um, an alcoholic in recovery okay. who was saying like, okay, like my, I talked to my sponsor about this mm-hmm. and went to your site with like, sent me screenshots. She's like, oh, I went to the Alchemist website and it says there's like a small amount of THC. Mm-hmm. So I guess there's this thing, one, the question of like, am I going to get high? Like in certain people. You'll hear them say this where you're like, no, like you're not going to get high. Take this thing. And I've seen them be like, no, you don't understand. I am super sensitive. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to feel something. So I guess the question is um, when I was talking to Will about it, I was talking about athletes. So mm-hmm. the same concern that this recovering alcoholic has is a concern of like my fighter PETA. Like she's an MMA like, and they test for these things. Yeah. So is it is it possible, like are there products that are zero THC? Or do you have a desire to create a zero THC? Like, is that something you think about? I I definitely hope to in the future. Um, I wanted to focus on what I felt was the most beneficial for a like overall plant right now. Um, but I think there's definitely ways to create products with no THC in a good way. Mm. Um, there's what they call broad spectrum, which think of um, the terminology we just talked about, full spectrum. When you extract it, it has just that little tiny bit of THC. Mm-hmm. So you got the full spectrum. Broad means you're broadly covering that, but you're removing the THC part. Okay. So there are ways to remove the THC. Um, there are ways to even do it organically now. For a while, there wasn't, um, which used to, had the use of some pretty harsh solvents, and now they've gotten to where they can do it organic. Um, so there are products out there that people typically, so if you're looking for those broad-spectrum products, mm-hmm. um, and what that means is that you're still keeping, so like an isolate, like if we look at the full spectrum and you pull out CBD, that's one part of this whole thing, mm-hmm. like this whole circle. So you're only getting the CBD. Okay. Broad spectrum, we're just removing the THC. So you're still getting majority of the other plant um, and the terpenes. Okay. Now, what I say, it's not just pulling out the THC that simple and the rest is the same. Mm-hmm. Um, they do, you do lose other terpenes and things in the process, but still you keep some, um, which I feel like are hugely beneficial. Um, and you keep the CBD and you keep other cannabinoids like CBG and CBN and some of those other ones out there mm-hmm. that are starting to be known now um, that are good for people. So there are a way to do it. And I, I, I do plan and hope to make a broad spectrum um, specific, specifically for this reason, because I know there are athletes out there, um, like one of your fans, like you said, the recovering alcoholic that has to be mindful of THC. Yeah. Um, and I completely get that. And, you know, just uh, even with the small amount of THC, um, there is a small chance like, you know, that if you're getting drug tested that it could pull up. Yeah. And so if it's best not to, you know, chance it if you're in a, if of you're course, an athlete of getting course. paid big bucks to do it. But I think overall, um, you know, broad spectrum is a better one than just a straight isolate. Cause you're still going to have the other parts of the plant. Um, and I, I still think that's the best or other better way. That's a killer explanation, man. I don't think I realized that. Okay. So CBD isolate, pure, it's just like pure one isolate being extracted. Mm-hmm. Broad spectrum being many cannabinoids. Many cannabinoids. Terpenes, you said? Terpenes as too. well. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then like full spectrum is going to be, there's going to be some degree of THC in Some that. degree of THC. Okay. Exactly. Cool. 
Yeah, yeah, that's very cool. That's super helpful. And I think another thing I want to touch on is because I know I've now met your whole family and your kids and everything. Um, that's good for some parents to hear because I think there's still this stigma of like a lot of people want to give CBD to their kids because it's extremely beneficial or help them with sleep or something like that if they have rambunctious kids. And I've actually heard CBD is great for things like ADHD and behavioral issues and anxiety in children. So, but I think there are some parents that feel this weird guilt and it's just societal programming and yep. everything of like, am I going to give any amount of THC to my child? Yeah. So maybe they'd look at broad spectrum, but yep. I would like to mm-hmm. talk to you about, you have no problem with it. Like you give full spectrum to your, to, to your kids, kids, right? Yeah. Um, it's not something that I do like every day mm-hmm. by any means, but I look at the other things that are used for like ADHD in kids, mm. um, you know, ibuprofen, Tylenol, which is like, toxic very very yeah. quickly um and all these other drugs that are widely accepted to be able to give to kids and infants yeah and they're i feel like with the looking at for just my personal perspective on it would i rather give that or would i rather give a a, a plant I'm, mm. I'm more i'm gonna go to the plant every time um, dude this is an important thing and just in case anyone's never heard my podcast or heard me talk about this i'm sure like some of your people are going to listen to this that may have never heard me um i constantly harp on this concept of ld50 mm-hmm. so there's this thing in ph- pharmaceutical drugs and medicine called ld50 this is lethal dose at 50 mm-hmm. that means w- at what dose 50 percent of the population will die wow. so ld50 literally means at this particular dose 50 percent of people who take that dose will die There's an LD50 for water. There's an LD50 for salt. There's an LD50 for Tylenol. I mean, you take 10 Tylenol, you're going to die. It's like, it's a very low, depending on the size of the milligram of the the pill. I mean, you can die very quickly with things like Tylenol. There's an LD50 for Adderall, for Ambien, all these things that are quite low amounts. I mean, look at alcohol. If you chug a a bottle of Jack Daniels, most people are like, you're going to die. You know, THC, CBD, all these compounds, there is no LD50. You can't die. So any parent listening to this, if you can look me in the eyes and think that somehow Tylenol is a safer bet for your kid or Adderall or Ritalin is a safer bet for your kid than a broad spectrum or a full spectrum or a CBD isolate. I mean, I'm not trying to be rude, but you really got to analyze the logic and the rationale that you're coming up with. How are you making that leap in your brain Mm -hmm. that one of these things is okay? And it's like, for a lot of people, it's societal pressure. It's because, you know, their their grandma is going to think they're crazy for giving their kid THC or whatever. Yep. And it's like, yeah, this this really is programming. And if you look hard at the evidence, you can't make the opposite argument. You no. can't do it. No, but it's all programming. Yeah. It really does. Because there's nothing different in that when we really look at the facts. <laughs> like right. you were just explaining with the LD50 and all the other things that these, the side effects that these strong drugs that they give kids do. Um, but for some reason you know, it, it's like, it's frowned upon. Yeah. You know? And so I, I think that's just a stigma and that's really what I hope to break down, um, with the brand, right. Yeah. Is, is create stories because I feel like me sharing the story that I do give CBD to my kids mm-hmm. and why, um, might help someone else that's trying to decide as well. And I'm not knocking pharmaceuticals and I think they have a, a place definitely in society and, and, you know, there, there's some amazing, uh, innovations that have gone on that are life-saving. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like some kids and certain things like there's drugs that are perfectly designed and needed for them. I'm just not quick to jump straight onto a yeah. drug that's going to be needed, um, for the rest of my kid's life or anything like that. And so mm-hmm. I, 
uh, that's where I kind of hold back and I'm like looking at like, all right, I'm weighing these options out myself and CBD from what I've read and all that I've worked with this plant, all my experience with the plant. I definitely feel personally that is a way safer alternative than what a lot of people are giving their kids right now. Yeah. Um, for pharmaceutical drugs. And again, like LD50 is something anyone listening to this or watching this can Google LD50. And then you can just look at like go to, to PubMed or wherever you want to go and just look at side effects. Mm-hmm. Like what are the side effects of if you take a hundred times a normal dose of CBD? What are the side effects? Yeah. What are the side effects if you take a hundred <laughs> more of Tylenol? You die. Yeah, You're just no dead. Doubt. That's no the symptom. <laughs> you yeah. know, like the side effect is death. Oh, yeah. So it's it's really crazy, man. But I want to take a look at, um, okay, so I'm, gonna, I'm looking at the Q&As right now. So uh-huh. I got some notes over yeah, here. We're about 50 you. minutes in. Okay. Um, so one thing, I actually wanted to ask you this too, is the, one of the questions we got is, is this, now we're talking specifically about Keep Calm Carry On, your gummies. Okay. Is this designed, designed as a daily supplement? So maybe used as like a preventative or some sure. kind of maintenance thing, or is it something that you use as needed? Great question. I feel that for people that are dealing with, things in their body like they have an autoimmune or their body's basically fighting something. Um, uh, let's see, Lyme's disease, all these different mm. things, as well as if you're just recovering, um, your body's expending a lot of energy on it. And I think those are the times that CBD is the most benefic- uh, beneficial and useful. Um, I Like personally, I feel that for me, I cycle on and off of it. So mm-hmm. I'm not using it all the time. I don't even use it every day necessarily. Mm-hmm. If I work, I usually w- use it for workout days. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've noticed a significant increase in um, recovery time and lower inflammation and soreness overall and all these different things. Um, but it's not something that I go to every single day. Okay. Um, and I do think though that it seems like, um, let's say like my mom's uh, age group and all those, she's like, they're the ones that seem their bodies are fighting so many different things mm, um, yeah. and they see these drastic improvements on it. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and it comes back to where, and then at the same time you got 20 year olds that are taking CBD, like oh, I really don't notice anything. Yeah. Um, and I think that goes, if you have a healthy endocannabinoid system, um, you probably, you produce uh, natural uh, endocannabinoids mm-hmm. um, inside your body that bind with these receptors. The problem is like we talked about earlier, the problem is, is most people, um, are not in that state and we, what the world we live in today, we're all around toxins. We're in, you know, there's, uh, 5g, there's all, all yeah. these like disruptors, um, yeah. you know, to our body and they start to wear and tear out our body. Yeah. And so I feel like as you're getting older is the more that you're going to need CBD and Kemp and cannabis in general. Yeah. I don't feel like, and that's why I like, um, I wouldn't recommend it for let's say like a teenager sure, um, sure. all the time. Now, like if my kids are hurt and I'm like, Tylenol or that, right? Or you know, they're just going crazy. That's when I give it to them. I don't give them CBD every day. Yeah, or means. I mean, like you know, I I don't have kids, but I'd imagine there are some nights where like you know, 11 p.m. rolls around and the kids have been in bed for a couple hours and they wander into your room like, "Daddy, I can't sleep." Yeah, you know, maybe exactly. that's a night. That's where, a night. Yeah, it's yeah. occasional. Um, versus like right now, I'm a little bit more frequent than I would definitely do my kids. Mm-hmm. Or my mom and them are more every day. Yeah. Um, in order for, like I said, to put their body in that parasympathetic state um, to work and start to heal on its own. 
uh, yeah. and recover it's on its own. This is an interesting point too. I think that um, we tend to, it's so funny because we're nerds, but like we tend to just like gloss over words like endocannabinoid. What we're talking about is, goes back to the words endogenous versus exogenous. Mm-hmm. So what you just talked about in a teenager, like if they have a, a, a healthy endocannabinoid system, this is happening endogenously in the body. Yeah, it the is. The body's doing the only thing. But then you have someone who, let's say they're, you know, they're 60 years old and they've been 100 pounds overweight for three decades and they have mm-hmm. type 2 diabetes and an autoimmune condition and arthritis. Like, they're going to feel a huge difference. they feel huge. Yeah, guys like you and I, like, we're metabolically healthy. If I'm just popping these things, I might notice nothing. But for anybody listening, Matt and I are the same type of nerds. We have our aura rings and checking readiness and HRV and That's sleep right. quality and all this. <laughs> and, like, for sure, when I do Keep Calm Carry On, I usually do them post-workout. Uh-huh. So I've been doing them post-workout on the days I work out. Mm-hmm. Then on non-training days, I take them before bed. Mm-hmm. And my HRV is going up. Like it's, It Good. really is significantly helping with recovery. So it's pretty amazing. I agree. I agree. They, they're tremendous with recovery. Um, and like I said, overall, the healthier your body is. And I think that's overall like we, we jump in the cold. <laughs> yeah. We eat organic foods. We're healthy. We try to take, you know, uh, don't use chemicals and, pro, you know, right, GMO right. foods, all these different things. Um, and so our bodies are a little bit more um, in a natural balance to where we wouldn't need as much. And that's where, like, most people that own CBD companies, like, take it all the time. You should take it every day. All the yeah. Stuff. I'm one of those ones, I'm realist, like, I don't need it every day. Um, yeah, dude. I, and I go through periods when I'm needing it more than others. Um, like, I have my entire medicine and herbal cabinet that I have, you know, like, if, if I'm having, like, a respiratory kind of irritation and maybe a cough i have certain herbs for that mm. i'm wanting to relax i have certain herbs for that um cbd has been the reason i started the company the most powerful one that i've used um to where i could feel and notice the differences um so it's been well and mushroom them have their own mm-hmm. you know mind things <laughs> yeah, as yeah, well yeah. Been super their own powerful, benefits their yeah. own benefits um but yeah with overall recovery and feeling better and you know, having more energy and all these things, um, I think CBD has been the most powerful. Yeah. For sure. I think about that too. I always talk to people about Ayurvedic medicine and traditional Chinese medicine. Mm-hmm. So I really think about these like herbs and spices and different plant compounds that people take. These are nature's pharmaceuticals for thousands of years. Traditional Chinese medicine probably being the old, oldest and then Ayurvedic medicine. They've been using these herbs and spices like pharmaceuticals mm-hmm. for health conditions oh, yeah. where like if you have a ton of, if you have an injury and you're inflamed because you twisted your ankle, they're going to give you a bunch of turmeric. Mm-hmm. But that same Ayurvedic medicine doctor is probably not going to tell you to take a thousand milligrams of turmeric every day for the rest of your life. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, yeah, use them as, as needed. needed. As needed. That's what we have to look at it as. Yeah. hundred um, percent. All right. So Q&A. So we talked a little bit about the, um, the benefits of different strengths. Okay like mm-hmm. different milligrams and things like that, which it seems like people people probably just need to experiment, right? They do. Everyone's body is so uniquely different Yeah, with CBD and THC both. Um, and so I, I would say start like in that 20 to 30 milligram range, which is my gummies are 25, and that's what I really most um, uh, promote and I think is the best range from what I've seen for people mm-hmm. um, overall. And then go up from there um, because you can always take more. Sure. And again, if you took a little too much or when I say you're going to be a little bit more tired yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Um, I would say one out of 10 million people maybe are one of those super sensitive types, um, that are like maybe with, with CBD even general would make them feel like a slightly little bit high. Mm. Um, but again, I don't think that 
you know, that's one out of 10 million people probably, yeah. That, yeah. you know, that you hear something on. Um, and there's a lot that goes along with that too. Maybe medications and all those kind of things that they might be taking as well. Um, but overall, I, I, you know, 25 milligrams is a, a good dose. I recommend even from 20 to 30 to start with. Okay. And then wait 30 minutes to an hour. That's long, how long the gummies typically take to kick in. Sure. And then try another one. Okay. Um, yeah, something else I'd like to, um, I think you're going to be doing some content and stuff. I know yourself too. I want to get you in touch with Dr. Anthony J because Dr. J talks about this. And then my functional medicine team at wild health, they just put out a newsletter in this. I was like, I got to forward this to Matt, but they were talking about, this is very, very genetics specific. Mm-hmm. So there are certain people with certain genetics and that's what they were talking about. They went through specific um, alleles and genetics of saying this type of person is going to respond very well to CBD. Mm-hmm. This type of person is going to respond very well to THC. Yep. And it's very, cause sometimes this will happen. I'll get people that reach out to me mm-hmm. and they'll say like, I tried this thing that you recommended and I hated it. And I was like, well, that was like a game changer for me. Yeah. And they're almost like mad at me. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Like I can't, I don't, we don't have the same genetics. We're not the same person. You might be a different ethnicity, yeah. different background, a different baseline health level, you know, because mm-hmm. most of the people that come to me are quite unhealthy and looking for help, Absolutely. you know? So it's like, you really have no way of knowing. But anyway, th- I'm rambling because I, I would love to get you in touch with like some genetics yeah. nerds Absolutely. to talk about it. the differences. You I know? love it. Yeah. And different strands, like you have the, the mainly the control that we talked a little bit earlier with terpenes. Mm-hmm. Um, some are more in general, more uh, uh, energizing, you know, mm. more focus oriented. Some are more couch lock, <laughs> yeah. um, relaxing. And those are really what determine. It's like when you go to a dispensary or go anywhere, the, um, you know, the THC ranges are the certain type, but some mm-hmm. of them will make some, some strands will make people nervous while some people are making more relaxed. Mm. And so it's, it's hard to tell. I don't feel like science hopefully will catch up soon. Yeah. You know, of like, Hey, you can get some tests done and, and see which ones are the best for you. Which one's which perfect awesome. for you? Oh, that'd be yeah, great. That would dude. be awesome. Because I feel like some people might try the wrong one, got the wrong impression, and then like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm not done trying that. That was a bad experience. Um, that's our next company, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be sick. Yeah. Dude, there's some, that's a, one of the people I work with um, in Israel, which is like the people that discovered a lot of the uh, CBD and, you know, compounds found in cannabis. Wow. Um, they were the first country, they're well, uh, far ahead of us in research and stuff. Cause they were the first country, I think, to legalize it medically. Mm-hmm. And they kept it very controlled to where there's three farms in the entire country, um, planted in the same places around the same soil, um, wow. same seeds and same genetic makeups each time. Wow. Then they would control it through the medical system and doctors that would, you know, have patients try the cannabis and they would get a, they would have it all tested for firsthand and know like, all right, these were these terpene strains that were heavily in this one. And then people from 30 or 40 years started getting feedback of like, yeah, um, I have these conditions and these are the, you know, strands I've been taking and this one's worked the best for us. Mm. So through that over the last 30, 40 years, and now with AI and all this different technology, mm. they're able to sift through all this data. Um, and that's a lot of what I like when I add back terpenes to products. Um, this one doesn't specifically have one, but I'm going to be having other products that add back terpenes. Nice. Um, is that where you can actually start to nail down like which terpenes are going to draw which effect in certain people. Mm. Um, it's crazy too, is you can give them a flower, like a, a flower, like a cannabis flower, um, bud and send it to them and they can test it, um, the exact genetic makeup and get it in a liquid bottle. Like basically wow. steam distilled, no solvents, um, and distill like, the exact replica of, of that, you know, plant that you gave them. So it's wow. coming. Yeah. Um, it yeah. really is. I think it's going to be a lot more narrowed down. And that's why I feel like the community that we're building at Alchemist is really important because 
I think sharing these stories and like, hey, I had this condition, this is what I was doing, and it helped me in this way. Or when someone else comes in, I would have this. And, you know, you can start to at least narrow down some of this stuff to where you're mm. not, you know, like guessing and all that kind of stuff and that you can get a little bit better plan and more accurate. Yeah. Um, and then again, like I would say, if it doesn't work right off the bat, try something different. You sure. Know, you know, maybe switch it up a little bit because there is huge power in this plant if used in the right way. And so and in that way is different for every person. So you kind of have to narrow down the best you can with your research. Yeah. And then go about it the right way. I really respect what you're doing there. So I, w- I want to talk about that too, like the Alchemist um, community that we're doing. We talk a lot about community with energy mm-hmm. and Clovis and the Alchemist and all these things. You're doing a really good job of trying to destigmatize these things yeah. so people can share their stories. Because again, another Q&A question we have right here that I, I almost kind of giggle at is, is, you know, can you buy this stuff on your own or do you need to work with a healthcare provider to find like good CBD or whatever? And the honest answer is from my experience and my experience with over 2,500 clients I've worked one one-on-one with, Mm -hmm. if you walk into a conventional medicine doctor and ask them to give you CBD, they're going to look at you like you're a crazy person. Yeah. You need these really kind of like pioneers in the functional medicine space, like people like Wild Health, the health that are going to run your genetics and tell you, is this a good idea for you? Or Dr. Anthony J, is this a good idea for you? So it's, I know it's frustrating anybody listening that, that wants to go through the conventional medical system that they're comfortable with and they're used to. But this is in its infancy. It's an infancy stage. And unfortunately, the conventional doctors move a little slower. Mm -hmm. Um, I have an uncle that's a cardiologist, and we've talked about CB before, and he wasn't sure about some of the medical research. It's about four or five years ago when I first started. But, you know, he's stuck in wanting to make sure that they have, you know, peer-reviewed studies, Mm -hmm. seven-year, like, trials and all that kind of stuff. And those are all great, and Mm -hmm. I think they help narrow down things but at the same time just because it hasn't gone through that study does it mean that it's not good for you exactly no and it's going to take a while before and more and more doctors i think are looking at hemp and cannabis as a potential alternative treatment yeah um but you know there's still that a lot of the conventional doctors out there are wanting to go through things that have been on the market for a long time tried and true went through fda trials and all these different things yeah um and i get that you know that's just the way that they're geared towards but i think that like you said you don't necessarily need a medical professional because it's a non-toxic. Like we just exactly. talked about. There's no danger. It, it's not a necessarily a danger, especially yeah. with hemp. You know, you the danger maybe if you're going THC is you might take too much THC and get a little bit, you know, loopy for five or six hours sure. and have an experience, which is powerful in and of itself. <laughs> <Yeah>. Maybe you <laughs> it need really that. really will pull. Yeah, it might help you, yeah, you know, yeah. kind of pull you out of your patterns. It definitely will. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things, like you said, in the community that I want to destigmatize is that, you know, I've used this plant both for health and recreational. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've noticed what it primarily has done for me is help me relook at the patterns in my life and the programming of my life. Because mm. growing up in that environment and um, basically, like, I think we all kind of grew up in a version of this, but, you know, get a job, get a family, take care of your family, you know, all that kind of nine stuff. Nine to five, nine health to benefits, five, 401k. Exactly. <laughs> um, that we grew up in. Um, I, I think overall, like, you know, starting, like starting my business and, and things like that were, I'd, I'd started the, the real estate business before I started this, uh, the cannabis business, but I started using cannabis two years before I started our, my cannabis business. Mm-hmm. I would have never thought <laughs> that I was going to be in cannabis, you know, at the age of 25 or anything like that. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't using it at all and still didn't know about the plant much at all other than it was going to make me lazy. And so I stayed away from it. Yeah. Um, but it really kind of slowly changed my viewpoints because I was basically noticing I was 
inside 95% of the time sitting at a desk. Mm. I was spending less time with my kids. Um, I was constantly working it in my head. Um, I was not eating the best um, mm. about that time. And it's weird. Cannabis had to shift to where I was starting to subtly notice a lot of these habits and patterns. Um, yeah. And then slowly, it's about right about when I started using cannabis, I started having these like um, awakenings like, why am I sitting down 95% of the time mm. or, you know, out or inside and sitting down most of the time? I need to stand up and get outside more. So I started going outside more. Um, I realized well at that time I was like, I need to spend more time with my kids. And it started to become more and more evident of like, you know, you're not, you might be there, but you're not really like present with them mm. in your mind and you're drifting off somewhere <laughs> and you're thinking about work. And so my priorities just started to shift more about, you know, my family and the people around me and, um, you know, enjoying life too. Yeah. And so it, it kind of pulled me out of that work, 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 work mode to prove myself and, you know, make more money because um, it's what we were supposed to do and all yeah. these different things yeah. to noticing the little patterns that I had in my life and what was really important to me. Yeah. Um, and I really attribute cannabis to a lot of that and a lot of it pulled me out of my comfort zone. And there's actually a little science about this too. Um, cannabis and low doses of THC actually have been known to help increase neuroplasticity in your brain. Mm, okay. Which neuroplasticity um, is kind of the way that basically we take in new information um, as we get older, like as the kids, we're wide open to stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, we're very suggestible when things come in, you know, we're more like you see a kid and something, what we would consider bad happen. And they're just like ready for the ride. Yeah, like what's yeah. next, you know? And at certain, as we get older, we start to stiffen and harden. Um, and this neuroplasticity is, um, you know, not as like plasticky and it really starts to harden mm. and you're not able to, you kind of get stuck in the ways in your own ways. And so you're not really looking outside or doing like things that are be pushing you, um, or learning, like it's harder to learn languages, second languages when you get older. It's yeah. all the reason for this neuroplasticity thing. And THC actually puts some, you know, leeway in that. And so to mm. where you're, you're having more of, um, you're accepting your environment coming in and you're not necessarily have to go about a certain ways, which I think mushrooms has a lot of studies well in that too. Absolutely. Um, and why it's so beneficial is because it gets people out of those patterns. Yeah. It kind of helps them realize them and they start to realize like, whoa, what am I doing? Yeah. And I think they're, you know, they start to go the way. Yeah. This is the woo woo side of things too, because it's like, what you're really doing is like you said, like weird, you like consume this plant that exists in nature mm -hmm. and all of a sudden your mind starts telling you like, I should probably get out in nature more. Yeah. Weird. It is. You know? <laughs> and that's where you have the real woo woo stuff that starts happening. Like to anybody listening to this, I mean, like I'm not telling you what to do or don't do, but like if you take five grams of mushrooms, your life is going to be different It'll after be different. that. You're going to see the world differently. You're going to see yourself differently and your relationship to other people and what you do for a living and the way you treat your body. You're going to see all those things differently. Mm -hmm. So if you don't want to go do five grams of mushrooms, <laughs> then, you know, try something like this. Just yeah. like low dose. I mean, what is it? Point three, you said, or point zero three? Point three percent by dry weight. So like to put that in perspective, I think most um, edibles and things like that in dispensaries now are around 10 milligram range. Mm per dose we're looking at um a quarter like of a milligram maybe yeah maybe yeah. less than that depending on the strain yeah so overall it's a it's a lot less thc than what you know it, it 20 times more so yeah. it's like taking uh 100 milligrams or whatever of psilocybin versus five grams yeah you know, you're not going to notice it as much no um, and i love that you went down this rabbit hole dude because it's like it's it's really this thing of like again we're looking here like i have a question like you know, does CBD help with the brains? We talked about neuroplasticity, does. right? Does it help with inflammation? 
Yeah, so we can we could sit here all day and we could tell everybody this helps with inflammation, it helps with soreness, it helps with arthritis, it helps with your brain, it helps with sleep, all these things. But again, like you said, like pharmaceutical drugs or like herbs and spices in Ayurvedic medicine or traditional Chinese medicine, what is the root cause of these things? Mm-hmm. So if you have a lot of inflammation, CBD is not going to cure that. You have to stop mm-hmm. the root cause of the inflammation. 100%. So now if we go beyond physical ailments, this is what everyone asks me about with CBD is like, I have ailments, I have mental problems, I have mood disorders, I have this and that. Okay, if you are unhappy with your life, Mm -hmm. maybe, Mm -hmm. even if you don't have inflammation or something, maybe just take CBD every day for six months and see what happens. Maybe it does change the neuroplasticity in your brain. Maybe it makes you want to stand up at your desk. Maybe it makes you want to go outside. Mm -hmm. I can't explain this stuff. It's a little bit woo-woo. It's a little bit spiritual for some people to really think about. But it seems like a whole lot better bet than just like taking some kind of SSRI like antidepressant every day and numbing things. And numbing it, yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. I'm trying to think of that with the, the mushrooms and the um, cannabis that most people, I wouldn't say really cannabis, but really more mushrooms and LSD. You know, you hear people come back from certain trips mm-hmm. and they're like, that person was totally changed. I'm never going to do that. Yeah. Were they changed for the better? Were they finally had like something wool off, pulled off their eyes to where they're like starting to see things clearly? Exactly. And then most of their friends that are around them were like, oh, they just completely stopped drinking beer and yeah. hanging out and doing all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, they don't hang out and get <laughs> drunk with us anymore. They started to realize <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, and I have, like arguably, I feel like that stuff pulls layers off of us to what the patterns that we set up in the programming of our life. Yeah, to give us a clearer picture. Like, wow, I didn't realize how much of this programming there was. Yeah, um, around me and what all these patterns that I just got fell into were doing, and you just start to become more aware of it at least. And that's the first step is just awareness. Yeah, and then from there you can start to make the conscious decisions. What do I want to change? That's such a great point, man, because it really is true. It's that we're told that when people take psychedelics, they lose their mind <laughs> and they're never the same after that. Right. But what it really is, is it's guys like us going, I don't really give a shit if I have health benefits and I don't want a boss and I'm not going to work nine to five. I'd rather work five hours a day mm-hmm. on e-commerce and make five times more money than everybody that I know. I'd rather just do that. Mm-hmm. And people are like, he's crazy. And yeah. you're like, how am I crazy? Yeah. Like you're in a prison cell cubicle nine yeah. to five, you know, like I can run my company from Thailand if I want to. Mm-hmm. And, but it's, it's somehow it's like our parents' generation. And it's like, Oh, well that's, what do you mean? You're going to a different country yeah. and you're going to work there. Why? I, I thought you were supposed to be working. I see pictures of you with elephants. And I'm like, I worked at the same day I was with the elephants. Yeah. I got work done in a coffee shop. Yeah. And then I went and hung out with the elephants and they're like, really? You know, but I, I you seem crazy. Yeah. How are we the crazy ones? Yeah. Like it's, I, I, I was saying, we seem like the sane ones that are just yeah. enjoying the life. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I could say, like, why are we jumping the cold creek? Why do we do all this stuff? Exactly. Everything yeah. we do is crazy by people say, I love that. Anytime we post the cold plunges that we do and there's snow on the ground, people yeah. are just like, oh my God, their yeah. brain breaks. Breaks, yeah. You know, it, so it that's is tough. It is challenging, but yeah. I feel like it really gets you out of that comfort zone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which increases your neuroplasticity. 100%. Um, so there's a lot of ways to do it. I mean, yeah. there's cold therapy to do that there's like i said we just talked about cannabis there's mushrooms there's so many different things um mm-hmm. that help you pull outside of that uh same pattern to kind of see it clearly and then you can choose for yourself and if that is that best serving me do i want to keep doing that sure um and i feel like most people are just unaware yes they just don't know they're That's just it. caught up in this whole thing they've they've been taught and programmed their whole life it's hard for them to go outside of that 
you know what I mean? They don't know how. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's what I think cannabis really did for me. Um, is one of the biggest things turning to where I was starting to do more things like meditation practice and mm-hmm. yoga. It's when I started changing a lot. Um, because I was really honestly just work, 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 build, 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 build. Yeah. Um, make more money, show people I'm enough. Mm-hmm. You know, that was my, that was my belief. <laughs> oh, those pesky I mean? self-worth issues, yeah, man. Absolutely. <laughs> We've talked a lot about that. Yeah, it's we like, do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's tough. But yeah, man, I mean, this has been amazing. I think that we, Maybe I think more. we covered everything over here. Perfect. All the questions and everything. Let's see where we're at. I think we've been going, yeah, hour and 20 minutes, man. This oh, is looking sweet. great. Well, dude, I mean, thank you for, for doing this. And I always love just getting to like sit down and talk with you for like an uninterrupted period of time where I actually like get to learn more about your brain and the stuff that like you're a wealth of information. So this was awesome. Oh, thank you. And then just anything, if there's anything you want to say, obviously the Alchemist, um, yeah. we have a promo code, right? I am Clovis. I am Clovis. Yep. Mm-hmm. I am Clovis gets you 20%, 20% off. off. And there's 20% off already on the products for the launch for this week. Oh, so wow. it's a total of 40% right now. Whoa. Until um, the end of the weekend. Okay. So if we get this out, I don't know if we will. Yeah. Not, I can figure out some way to extend it. But. I can get this out. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then a uh, uh, website. Uh, TheAlkHempist.com. So that's spelled T-H-E-A-L-C-H-E-M-P-I-S-T.com. And we'll add it to the links or yeah, whatever we'll it is. Show notes yeah, for sure. Show notes or something like that. Too. And then you have uh, the Alchemist on Instagram as yep. well. I have the uh, at the Al- or at the Alchemist, um, and then Facebook.com forward slash Alchemist for the fi- the page, which mm-hmm. is more what we're going to do releasing on just product information and videos and information like educational. And then we have the Alchemist community group, mm-hmm. um, which is where we really want to dive in. Um, anyone that has a cannabis story, we encourage you to come join. We want to hear it. We want to, like I said, destigmatize this thing because I feel like most people, like we all think lazy people and, yeah, you know, certain type of people use marijuana. And the truth is there's more and more people using it and seeing great results. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've seen a lot of professionals and met a lot of people that have amazing businesses and their lives are very, very successful and they use cannabis or hemp or CBD to one extent or the other. And I've seen great benefits. And so we want to help have more people share their stories, what worked for them, what didn't work for them. So new people can come on, see that other successful people are okay doing it too. And it mm-hmm. helps destigmatize it a little bit. Um, and then also get game best practices and things like that. And um, we actually are going to be doing a weekly video, um, just doing Q and A's from customers questions and then breaking down some of the latest research and hemp and cannabis, um, like the neuroplasticity stuff mm-hmm. and, and articles and research stuff um, so that people can, kind of learn about the plant. I'm a student of the plant as well. Always am. Uh, always have been and always I still am. So, um, yeah, thank you for having me on. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, it's always great talking to you. Yeah, man. And, uh, yeah, man, I appreciate that. Sure thing. Yeah, we'll put all this in the show notes for everybody watching. Definitely connect with this community. And if you have stories, go in there and share them. Um, Clovis community, as you guys know, you're all badass. So we'll just interlock these communities. It's going to be an awesome meeting of the minds. Yeah. Thank you so much. And if any of uh, the Clovis communities have any specific questions, feel free to ask us on our pages. Um, just reach out to me, Jessica. And I, I pretty much the best way is to Alchemist pages. So just reach out to me, ask me any question. I'm here to help. Um, thank you so much for tuning in and uh, yeah, it was fun. Perfect. All right, guys. Thank you. Maybe we'll bring them on a Facebook live or something. We'll do some, some live questions, but until then signing off. See you guys. See ya.
What's up, everybody? I hope you enjoyed that incredible conversation with my buddy, Matt Chandler. Again, if you want to check out the Keep Calm Carry On CBD gummies, Matt has generously offered 40% off his gummies for Clovis listeners. Just head over to thealchempist.com and use promo code IAMCLOVIS, I-A-M-C-L-O-V-I-S. And let's not forget about my amazing Clovis supplements, which you can save 20% on by visiting IamClovis.com. I will give you 20% off your first purchase using promo code PERFECTPODCAST, all one word. Head over to IamClovis.com and check out my brand new complete daily superfood powder and my brand new essential electrolytes hydration drink mix. And get yourself 20% off with promo code PERFECTPODCAST. The next thing I want you to do is grab a link to this podcast and share it with all of your friends and family. I'll see you next time on the Clovis Culture Podcast. Thanks so much for listening.